0: One church, and we meet in, in many locations. And so, every, everybody here in Milwaukee, would you join me? Let's just give a big hand to everybody over in the room in Pewaukee, and uh, everybody watching online. Thank you for joining us. We love you guys. Great to have you. Uh, today we begin this new series called Sex and Theology. Theology means the study of God. Sometimes what we do is we separate these two, but God can be the greatest help in this area of our uh, life. And I realize some of us might. You know, feel a little nervous, a little uncomfortable hearing that we're talking about this subject. We don't talk about this subject very often in church. And so here's what I want to do, just to help all of us relax. On the count of three, would you just say this word nice and loud? We'll say, say it out loud together. Ready? One, two, three. I can't believe you just said that word in church. You shouldn't say that word. I'm kidding. Sex is all around us, and, and we need to talk about it. It's getting more complicated and confusing. I'm sure many of us have heard the phrase, the birds and the bees, you know, the conversation that parents would have with a a, a child about where babies uh, come from. It's an awkward conversation for the parent, probably even more awkward for the child, but you knew what to expect. You know, know, years ago, it was a simple uh, conversation. Once you learn the basics, everything falls in place, but the world has changed and gotten more Complicated, And nowadays, parents get asked questions like, am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I neither? You might get asked questions like, what if I was born a boy, but I feel like I should be a girl. And, you know, we're way past the birds and the bees nowadays. And many parents don't know what to say. They don't know how to reply. One parent commented that his 13-year-old daughter daughter struggles with her identity like many 13-year-old girls he estimates that between 25 and 50% of the 13-year-old girls in her class struggle with their gender identity and by struggle i mean feel confused they get bombarded by messages online maybe they talk with their friends and feel some pressure and don't know what to believe they might wonder should i be attracted to boys should i be attracted to girls or to both. Some wonder, am I male or female or non-binary? Non-binary means not male or female. Male and female are binary categories. Non-binary means something else. I've heard parents say things like, what do I do? If I push back, am I going to hurt their self-expression? If I overreact, will I ruin our relationships? And and it's not just kids and students, uh, it's adults and people of of all ages that have questions and struggle with it. Now, I've not talked about this subject before, Uh, you know, weekend service, because it's such a personal issue that I really prefer to talk about it one-on-one. And I can hear, you know, someone's story, hear their heart. I can share my heart, listen, and I think provide better help as a pastor. But this struggle affects so many people in our church, and in our community. So many people feeling pain and confusion. I just decided, you know what? I think it's time that we talk about this in a, on a weekend uh, for our kids and for parents and grandparents and all of us. And that's my heart behind today's uh, message. This is not about us taking a stand. This is not politically driven. This is about helping real people who live in our community and attend our church, real people who need to know that God cares and loves them, real people who need to find freedom and clarity in in Jesus. That's what this series is about, but before we get into the main part of the message, I want to set a few ground rules um, with you, and here's the first one. I don't have time to address everything. Many months ago, I I, I started reading and studying and preparing for this series came across many helpful resources. I'm grateful for the teaching of a pastor named Jason Strand and some of the ideas I'll share this morning came from him and I began reading and studying books and articles and listening to podcasts. Very quickly I realized there's just no way to cover everything in a 30-minute message and so at some point while I'm sharing you're you're probably going to think, well, you know, what about this or what about that? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I I just don't have space to deal with that. And so I want to point you to a resource, a book that was just super helpful to me. It's called Embodied by Dr. Preston Sprinkle. He's a New York Times uh, bestselling author and president of the Center for Faith and Sexuality and Gender. I would recommend this book. I mean, he addresses a broad range of, of issues. and I think it would be very helpful um, to you. Here's a second ground rule. It's okay if you disagree. We live in a culture right now where uh, we tend to think, you know, if you disagree with me, then, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to listen uh, to you. I don't want to spend time with you, but I do not think that's healthy. I'm, I'm, if you're with us today and, and, and you say, you know what, I'm not sure uh, what I believe about Jesus, I'm not sure what I believe about the, the, the Bible. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And even if you disagree with some of the things that you hear in the message today, I mean, we can still have a relationship. We can love each other. We can be friends. We can attend church together. It's okay to disagree. I do want to ask something to those of you that might hear something in the message that you agree with. I want to ask you not to clap because here's, here's uh, what can... Uh, happen is that people on the other side of the conversation can feel excluded and unwelcome and i don't want that uh, for them here's the third ground rule we speak the truth in love and this comes right from the new testament from ephesians chapter 4 where paul says speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who's the head that is christ paul says the leader of the church is jesus we follow jesus and if we want to become more like Jesus, we speak the truth in love. But here's what an immature follower of Jesus does. They speak the truth without love. And they say things like, you know what, I'm just going to tell it like it is. And I don't care if you're offended. I don't care what, what you think. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just speaking the truth. But their tone and their attitude communicates that they care more about being right and winning the argument, then they care about you. Or an immature Christian loves people and they're compassionate and caring, but over the th- course of, of loving, they ignore the truth or compromise the truth. But a mature Christian does both, speaks the truth, and we do so in love. Check out what John chapter 1 says about Jesus. Jesus was full of grace and truth. I love that. He, he wasn't half and half. Jesus wasn't 50% grace, 50% truth. No, he was full of, of love and grace and truth. 100% love and 100% uh, truth, which raises a really important question. What is truth? We, we could spend the whole, whole message time on that, but for, but for the sake of time, look at what Jesus said. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So truth is not found in philosophy truth is not found in culture or cultural trends truth is not found in politics or uh, politicians truth is not found in our own opinions and experiences truth is found in a person and the name of that person is Jesus Christ and i don't know about you but when it comes to jesus i don't want to pick and choose i don't want to say you know yeah sure jesus you predicted your death you resurrected and came back to life but when it comes to controversial issues like like this one um, I'm not going to pay too much attention to what you have to say I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to uh, conform uh, God's word to my opinions I want to conform my opinions to God's word here's what many people do they, they you know they have their opinions we have our opinions shaped by our experiences and relationships and then Um, We come to God's word and we say, how can I get God's word to support my uh, opinions? I don't want to do that. I want to come to the Bible and say, I want you to shape my opinions. I want to conform my opinions to God's word. And I hope you do, too. But as I mentioned earlier, this message isn't just about truth. It's about people. And if you're with us and and you don't know that you trust uh, the Bible as your truth source, I want you to know you're welcome here, and we are not against you. We are for you. We want you to be here with us. We want God's very best for you. And if you don't agree or relate to everything that's said in this message, I hope that you would hear our heart and know that we love you, and we're just really so grateful, feel grateful to have you join us today. All right, that's introductory. Let's, uh, let me jump in. Today I want to address three main questions. The first question is this, what makes a biological male or female? Second question, what does the Bible say about male and female? Third question, if you're a parent and your, your son or your daughter comes to you and says, you know what, I might be, um, think I might be transgender, I think I might be um, non-binary, uh, what do you do as, as, a, as a parent? So first question, I want to address what makes a biological male or female? Some of you might think this is obvious, but more and more uh, we get challenged uh, to be open-ended about this. So it might surprise you to know that uh, among scientists, among biologists, there is a consensus about what makes a male and what makes a female. Three primary characteristics. And the first one is reproduction. Uh, Men and women have different ways of reproducing. Men and women have different Uh, reproductive organs. The second one is external anatomy. Men and women have different body parts, uh, different external anatomy. And then third is the presence or absence of a Y chromosome. The Y chromosome distinguishes male from female. So scientists have a consensus about this. It's reproduction, external anatomy, and the presence or absence of a Y chromosome chromosome if you tend to follow science that's what science says but does that settle it no not for everyone in our culture Uh, because increasingly here's the question that gets asked if a person has incongruence between their biological self and their internal sense of self which one determines who they are in other words if a person was born a biological male and from a young age they had this inner sense that they should be female which one trumps the other does their biological self trump their inner sense of self or does their inner sense of self trump their biological self generally speaking transgender means that you were born male or female and you want to be the opposite you you feel like you want to be the opposite someone who is Non-binary refers, refers to somebody who rejects these categories. They're like, I don't fit into the, into the category of male or female. I'm, I'm something else. That's why Facebook had 71 categories of gender identity. We put some of them up on the screen here. And finally, they said, you know what? You can customize it. You can customize your gender identity. Now, I want to pause here for, for a moment. And I want to talk about one of the questions that parents will will ask. They'll ask a question like this. What if my son or daughter really seems to be into stuff that normally gets associated with the opposite sex? In other words, what what do I do if my son is really into pink and princesses? Or my daughter uh, doesn't want to wear dresses and wears a baseball hat backwards and is really into fantasy football. Does that mean that they're transgender? Does that mean they're non-binary? Does that mean they should have a sex change? And the answer is no. And the reason is because there's a difference between gender stereotypes that come from culture and gender absolutes, which are biologically identified. Uh, For example, check this out, back in 1918, uh, Ladies Home Journal Magazine said this, pink being a more decided and stronger color is more suitable for the boy while blue, which is more delicate and dainty is prettier for the girl. Imagine that at a gender reveal party today. Pink is boy, uh, blue is girl. Surprising, isn't it? What happened? Since 1918, the gender stereotype has shifted in our culture. And you can see this in your kids. Sometimes they change as they uh, grow up and they go from dolls to sports, to dance, to video games, did their gender change? No, just their interest. And so if you're here today and, and uh, you're a girl and you're going, you know what, you know, I don't really like to wear a dress. I like to wear jeans and I really like to play football. That doesn't mean that you're transgender. It doesn't mean that you should have a sex change. It just means that you don't follow gender stereotypes and there's nothing wrong with that. But my concern is with parents who allow or who have a child or teenager that shows interest in things normally associated with the opposite sex. And the parents decide to make a life altering decision and have surgery that changes the child's gender. Just because your son or daughter shows interest in things that our culture normally associates with the opposite sex, it doesn't mean they're transgender or non-binary, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your child. In fact, in the Bible, we read about King David. And King David wept and played the harp. Over in the book of Judges, a woman named Deborah led the Israelite army into battle with a, with a, with a sword. My point is, gender stereotypes are culturally constructed and not biblically mandated but when it comes to this issue of what makes a male and what makes a female scientists are pretty clear it's uh, reproduction external anatomy and the presence or absence of a y chromosome second question i want to ask what does the bible say about male and female does god's word match up with what scientists say about being a man or being a woman well people point out that jesus never used the word transgender, and he, and he didn't. And they'll look at that, and they'll say, well, Jesus never even used the word, and so I'm not going to look at the Bible because it really doesn't have a lot to say about it. But the reason Jesus never used the term transgender is because he was Jewish, and he ministered predominantly to a Jewish audience. And within Judaism, the issue, this issue was not controversial. It was pretty settled. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, in the first century that, you know, no one struggled with their gender identity or that no one desired to be transgender. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that the scripture had spoken about it and it was not an issue of debate. Here's what the scripture says about it, beginning in Genesis chapter one. So God created mankind in his own image in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. So the Bible says that we're made in God's image. This word image means physical representation of the invisible God. Other religions had golden calves, statues, idols as physical representations of their invisible God. But for the God of Israel, the God of the Bible, his physical representation are men and women made in His image. Men on their own do not fully represent God's image. Women on their own do not fully represent God's image. But together, men and women bear the image of God as male and female. Now, some will say, male and female, those are just human ideas. Those are just human Uh, human uh, made terms and and categories but if that were true then this next verse wouldn't make any sense because in the next verse God says be fruitful and increase in number and so notice the progression in Genesis chapter 1 it says God created human beings in his image as male and female and then part of being male and female is is what reproduction external anatomy The presence or absence of a Y chromosome. And God looked at all that he created, and he said, it is very good. Jesus uh, picks this up in the New Testament when he talks to a group of Pharisees about the issue of divorce. Look at what Jesus says. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united, married to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So according to Jesus, God created us male and female. God created marriage for men and women. And I want you to see that this is not, you know, my words. Our church did not craft these words. These are the words of Jesus himself. And if you follow Jesus, you need to wrestle with what he means here. But I want to pause for a moment and make an important distinction. The Bible. Never condemns transgender people. The focus is on behavior. And there's a difference. There's a difference between desiring something and acting on that desire. I mean, you can have a desire for something, and it's not necessarily sinful. It might be a temptation, but it's not necessarily a uh, sin. And so, if you're here today and you have a, a desire to be the opposite sex, you have a desire to have a sex change, that's not necessarily sinful. But I would also say that not all desires and feelings are meant to be acted upon you know if i acted on every desire in my life my life would be a mess i can think back to times when i acted on a desire that i shouldn't have and it brought a mess into my life it brought consequences into my life just because you have a desire to be the opposite sex or to have a sex change it doesn't mean that you should do that my hope and prayer for every boy and girl every man woman is that you would know that you are beautiful and you are loved just the way that God created you to be look at what David wrote in Psalm 139 he speaks these words to God for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well do you know that full well today do you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that God handcrafted and knit you together in your mother's womb? Do you know that you are made in God's image? And, and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Sometimes we try to take matters into our own hands and we say, God, I know, I, I know what your creative intent and design was, but, but here's what I want to do. Here's how I feel. And my prayer today is that you could, we could trust in god's creative design over our life and have and have peace in who he created us to be and i want you to know that this church is a safe place for you to explore that and work through this here's a third question what should parents do if their child says that they are transgender or non-binary let's start here love your son love your daughter Love your friend, love your coworker. Don't abandon them in this struggle. If anything, move closer to them. You may not agree with every belief or behavior in their life, but they should never doubt your love for them. They should never doubt your loyalty to them as their parent. Love your child. Now, I need to say that there is a difference between love and affirmation because increasingly I I hear people say, well, you know, if you love me, then you'll affirm me. In other words, you'll agree with everything that I do, with everything that I believe. But while love and affirmation, they're, they're related, they're not the same. And I think I can prove it to you. For example, imagine if you have a, a son or a daughter and your son or your daughter comes to you and says, you know what, I feel fat. I'm gonna go on a restrictive, unhealthy diet I am going to starve myself to death because I feel fat. What would you do as a parent? Well, you know, know, you'd love your son. You'd love your um, daughter. You'd probably love them even more. But you would not affirm that feeling. You would not say that's a feeling that you need to follow after. It's because love and affirmation, they're related, but they're not the same. My point is it's possible to love someone and not affirm every belief, every uh, behavior, especially those that go against God's creative uh, design. Let me share some research um, with you. And I know you can go, on the, um, you can go online and uh, you can find a study to support uh, whatever point you, know, you want to make. But some of the most reputable studies, some of the most credible studies indicate that young people who transition to a different sex can increase their risk of depression and emotional And psychological problems and studies also show that if young people are given enough time to work through these issues in a healthy environment oftentimes they will come to the conclusion that they are their biological gender my my heart goes out to uh, kira bell uh, from the uk at the age of 14 she started questioning her uh, gender and her parents took her to a, a clinic And they uh, put her on uh, medication, puberty uh, blockers, and she had surgery. But at age 20, she came to the realization that she made a big mistake. And she ended up suing the clinic that helped her in this process. And in court, she said, where were the adults to tell me that this was not the the right time? Why did they let me have whatever I wanted in that moment? It's important to give kids time to grow up and to give them help to work through these these issues in a healthy environment before making a life-altering decision. Now, as I close, I wanna speak to two groups. The first group I wanna speak to is uh, those of you that would say, I identify as transgender. And again, I just wanna say that I'm just so uh, grateful uh, to have you uh, with us listening and and, uh, viewing this message. But you might be thinking to yourself right now, you know, you say you love me, you say that you're welcome here. But at the same time, you say that God made us, male and, and female, and my gender is my core identity, and it doesn't, f- I, don't, I don't feel very welcome, I don't feel very loved, but can I ask you a question at the deepest part of who you, of, of, of your being, who are you, what is your core identity? All of us are wearing a shirt, you know, right now, and on the back of the shirt, there's a there's a label. And on the label, you know, it might say a Guess or Gap or Adidas or Nike or Under Armour. But here's the question Who gets to label that shirt? Well, the maker does, right? I mean, the maker, gets to, the maker has the right to label our, our shirts. Who has the right to label you? Is it other people? What other people say about you? What other people think about you? Is it politicians? Is it cultural trends? Is it your, your, yourself? I mean, do you say, you know it's, it's, you know, it's my life. I can label myself. Or is our maker the one who has the right to label us? I believe that our maker is the only one who has the right to label us and that our core identity is not our sexuality or gender. It's deeper than that. Our core identity as human beings is that we are a child of God, That's who you are. If you follow Jesus, you are a child of God. That's your identity. That's who you are. And so my hope and prayer is that maybe not overnight, but maybe over time, your beliefs and your behavior would align with your core identity. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I mean, I'm really confused about my gender. I've got a lot of questions around my gender. I want you to know our church would love to come alongside you we'd love uh, for one of our pastors to uh, sit down and meet with you you can go to our website send us an email and we'll set that up and we're not going to push an agenda on you we just want to sit down talk with you we'd love to hear your story and learn from you we're going to listen to you help you and love you and we would just love to be able to do that here's the second group that I want to speak to the second group are those of us that would say you know what? I agree with most of what you're saying. I agree that God created us male and female. But maybe you've got somebody in your life who has identified as transgender and you're upset about it. Maybe it's uh, somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody at, at, at work and you want to express your feelings and your frustration and your anger to them. Here's a great verse for us to remember. God's kindness leads you to repentance. That's a great verse for me to remember because I've never argued somebody into the kingdom of God. I've never yelled somebody into becoming a Christian. I've never posted on social media on one of these hot topics and had someone say, yeah, please tell me more about Jesus. Because God's kindness leads you to repentance. God's kindness leads to uh, life change. And you might have someone sitting next to you at work, next to you at school, next to you at church, and they've got thoughts that they don't necessarily want to have. They have feelings that they don't necessarily want to have, and they struggle with their own gender identity. And if all they hear is our frustration and anger, they're not going to come and talk to us. They're going to go and talk to somebody else. Yes, there is a time to speak the truth, and we always do so, in love but here's the question is there somebody on the other side of this conversation that you could show love to this week is there somebody on the other side of this conversation that you could show kindness to this week because the world will never hear our truth until they feel our love and our kindness first I'm going to uh, pray for us, uh, but before I do, I want to invite everybody back. Next week, we have uh, one of the best speakers in the country on the subject of healthy sexuality. Dr. Uh, Christopher Yuan going to be speaking in all our services. Uh, don't miss it. He is going to share his personal story. It is it's one of the most powerful stories that I've ever heard, and I, I think it's going to be one of the most impactful and memorable weekends ever at river Glen. so don't miss next weekend be a great weekend to bring a guest with you and he's giving an extra talk on saturday night at 7 p.m here at the waukesha location uh, for anybody who's interested and he is going to open it up for questions so a a great opportunity to learn um, more let me pray for us god i know for many of us this is more than just a topic to think about what we believe this is a very personal issue to our life we know people who struggle with these issues and maybe we struggle with these issues god i thank you that you created us fearfully and and wonderfully and and i pray that we can begin to trust and find peace in your creative design i want to pray right now for those who struggle with gender confusion God, give them clarity that they are fully loved by you and you have a purpose and a plan for their life. For those who are parenting a child with with gender confusion, God, I pray that you would give them peace in what might seem like a very turbulent time. God, I'm just so grateful for this church and it allows us to have these important conversations and I'm so grateful for people who will care for those who have these questions, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.